Hey, podcasters. Before I get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision could also lead to the loss of other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. And I encourage you to speak up on your podcast as well. Take care and spread the word. Hello and welcome to another podcast pontifications with me, Evo Terra. Today I want to continue the series on change. No, not change, on control. Yes, this week we're talking about control. Last week was change, Evo. And today, specifically, I want to talk about controlling the listener experience. Several months ago, I wrote a very long piece in Medium that I explained what I meant by the listener experience. It is a new, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a new way of looking at things. It's a new skill set that we need in podcasting that we don't have today. It borrows heavily on user experience, but it's specific to podcasting. Therefore, I'm calling it a listener experience. So what do I mean by controlling the listener experience? Well, there's a common misconception out there that there's not much you can control when it comes to listeners. You can't, for example, says the misconception, control whether or not someone decides to listen to your episodes. You can't control whether or not someone decides to subscribe to your episodes. And even when an episode is sitting on their mobile device in their podcast listening app of choice, you can't control whether or not that person decides to listen, to hit play, to hit pause, to hit stop, to hit delete. And I call those misconceptions because that's not true. It is not true. And here's what is true. You are in control of the listener experience. And if that seems weird... Remember that there are two people involved in this transaction. Let's think of the listener experience as a transaction. They can't listen to your podcast episode unless you've actually published your podcast episode. So it's a catch-22. So in this listener experience is by nature a bilateral transaction. You produce content. They, the one person you're thinking of, but individually is, is a good way to think about that, they choose to listen or not. But that control is yours, or at least a significant amount of influence is yours. But I do believe you get to control the listener experience. And what I mean by that is, so you decided to do all of these things. You decided what content was going to go in the episode. That's fine. And whether or not the person responds well to the content you put inside of the episode, well, they're going to choose to continue listening or not. But who decided to put that content in there? You did, right? You had the control of whether or not that episode was what you wanted to be in there, would actually encourage someone to keep listening. But when I'm talking about the listener experience, I go way beyond that because that's just the, that's the, that's the easy part, if you will. That's the steak and potatoes you got to have. But how did they get there? Thinking about this as a journey, thinking about the listener experience as a journey from discovering you and your content 
to choosing to sample your content, to choosing to then subscribe to your content, and then choosing whether or not when that episode shows up on their device to hit play or not, and even continue listening or not. All those things are things you control, and I think you need to think about those from the journey perspective. One place to start thinking about how you control that is your website. Now, I'm not going to go into super detail about what needs to be boxes checked. Like the rest of the episodes in this series, a lot of it has to do with an understanding from you. When is the last time you visited the website for your show, or perhaps the web page for your company's show, and really looked at it with a fresh set of eyes as a brand new listener might? What does it look like? How does it feel? Is it easy to take the next steps? And by the way, those next steps should be sample and then subscribe. Is that easy? Did you do a good job of that? Because you're in control of that. You are 100% in control of that. Take a look at the listing of episodes, right? Is that just a default dump from a blog that shows them in reverse chronological order? Is that really the best way to present your content? Maybe it is, but most likely some sort of categorization, some sort of organization is probably warranted, which might make for a better experience for someone who is brand new. It allows them to sample your content, but you, more importantly, control what episodes you want to put front and center. Which ones are your best? Which ones are a series that should be grouped together so people know the types of things that you're talking about? You control all of that. The control of the listener experience on sampling your content is all on you. And then, of course, if someone does choose to keep listening, or they would like to keep listening, how are you controlling that experience? How well have you made it, how simple have you made it to keep listening somewhere else. It's a very common mistake to just simply have a link to iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. That's not great. I mean, it's, yeah, sure, a lot of people listen there, but not everyone. In fact, roughly five people for every one person that's coming by your website and looks at that page, Apple Podcasts link, iTunes link doesn't help them at all because they're an Android user. And to date, there is no Apple Podcasts on Android. So you have to do something else. Google Podcasts, Spotify, RSS feeds, all those various things. But again, you're in control of that. Go back and look at your webpage and determine whether or not it's easy for anyone to sample and anyone to subscribe. Because it should be. You're in control of how people feel about the content you create, whether it's on your website or on the app itself. You wrote the title. Is it good? Does it encourage someone to keep going? You wrote the descriptive elements that are both on the webpage and in the podcast app. Is that helpful? Does it really guide people along and keep them engaged long enough so that they actually decide to keep listening if it's on the app or actually hit that big play button on the website because surely you've embedded a player, haven't you? Again, you're in control of whether someone does that or not. You're also in control on the reverse or on the end of the transaction, if you will. 
Are you saying things that encourage people to keep listening once they have? Or, like blog posts out there, most of them, is it going to be a one listen and done? That's what happens to most blog posts. It's a very high bounce rate. You control the bounce rate of your podcast by the content that you put in the podcast and whether or not you're encouraging someone to keep listening to the next episode or maybe referencing prior episodes. That's all under your control. And if it's not under your control, you need to get it under your control. You need to understand every single aspect and look from a listener's perspective, from a brand new listener's perspective, because those are your most valuable people, the new people you can bring into your podcasting ecosystem. And again, you are in control. Now, if you need some help with that control and you're a business, I do this for podcasts. I help them with the full spectrum of podcasting from the listener experience all the way through the process. I've got a team of people that help me do this all over the world for lots of clients all over the world. Get in touch with me, evo at podcastlaunch.pro. You can go to podcastlaunch.pro to see a listing of all the services I offer to my clients. And I shall be back tomorrow with yet another podcast pontifications. Cheers. While Americans overwhelmingly support the right of an individual to make their own decisions about abortion, unfortunately, that right is no longer protected everywhere in the U.S. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade on June 24th. Abortion is a basic healthcare need for the millions of people who can become pregnant. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, Access to safe medical procedures shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. You can help by donating to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donationsforabortion.com. That's donations, the number four, abortion.com. If you or someone you know needs help, or if you want to get more involved, here are five resources. One, Shout Your Abortion is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, Don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to take a stand against abortion restrictions. Three, Abortion.Cafe has information about where to find clinics. Four, PlanCPills.org provides early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. And five, choice.crd.co has a collection of these resources and more. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word.